Canadian hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Back on board once again today to talk about the Minnesota Wild and Wild Prospects, maybe a teeny bit of Frozen 4 conversation. Why the heck not? During the past week, a week I thought the Wild were going to go 3 and 1. See, I keep coming out with this positivity, this positive outlook, and we go 1 and 3. And it took the fourth game to get there, too. That's the that's the fun part, but well, the truly fun part is that changes have been made. Like uh Mr. Boudreaux was hinting at after the Vancouver game. He was just like embarrassed. He was embarrassed. He said the fans have every right to boo. I would boo. I mean, considering how much money the fans pay to watch these guys going down 4 nothing at home against a Vancouver Canucks team that's not even close to contention, not even close to what the Wild are supposed to be. And the crowd boos the hell out of him. Of course, that's uh, the first game we're going to talk about, Saturday, March the 25th. But um, changes were made later in the week. It just took a little while. Uh, you saw improved play from the team during the course of the week. Kind of an uptrend, literally an uptrend, as the Wild almost beat the Washington Capitals, if you can believe that. But it was one-timer city for the frickin' Capitals, and they managed to score five goals <clears throat> against Dubnik, but it took the extra period. The Wild get the extra period against Detroit as well. So four points out of a possible eight. So we kind of split, even though we finished three, or excuse me, one and three. But the problem is in the postseason, you lose an overtime where a loss is a loss. There's no point or anything. There's no point system. A loss is a loss. So yeah, that's the thing. Uh, we can take advantage of those little points we get to inch up and get closer to that 100-point mark and stay in uh, the number two slot in the Western Conference. But once the playoffs start, <laughs> a loss is a loss, and it all adds up to a crock of bleep. So let's move forward. We're going to talk about Yuletide. Yuletide Carroll. <laughs> Yuletide, Yule Erickson Eck. It's a Yuletide Carroll, all right. Great to have him back. I did not expect to, to, to hear that news, and it was just very exciting. Um, and also, at the same time, it's like, why the hell not? You know, I mean, it's a jump start. And the guy played well. Sure, he looked kind of raw, kind of green at the start of the season. But, I mean, shoot, he was productive in the time he was out there. That's the good news. Uh, um, Yule Erickson Eck looks like he's got a nice future in this league. He really does. And then the Wild do what all of us have been hoping they would do maybe a month ago. And that's finally <clears throat> call up Alex Stalock. But of course, none of this happened until the Ottawa game. So let's uh, not get ahead of ourselves now, shall we? Hmm. Yes. Vancouver, Saturday. Vancouver NXL Energy Center. The land of 10,000 boos. Yes, and I don't mention, and I don't mean drinking. I mean boo. <laughs> the crowd was booing the hell out of this team. Darcy Kemper and Ned with the back-to-back situation. I kind of thought it might be Dubnik, but then again, I, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't want Kemper against Jimmy Howard, would you? But again, I mean, I personally wasn't expecting Jimmy Howard in the game. I thought he was still going to be out, but of, of course he was in there. So conveniently, he comes back and he's rock solid. Surprise, surprise! Jimmy Howard's one of the better goalies out there. So that just kind of is what it is there. Oh, the frustration for, for me during the course of this week. Um, mm, Dubnik had uh, some frustrating moments, had some good moments. The final play of the Detroit game was maddening, but the Vancouver game was just balls. It was. Brock Besser, okay, you come from the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. I keep wanting to say Sue, but it's Fighting Hawks. And, uh, yeah, well, they got eliminated after they thought they scored the game-winning goal in overtime. And then it goes to double overtime. Boston University survives only to lose to Minnesota Duluth in overtime the next day. That sucks. That's college hockey for you. I mean, it's just you get the high and then you get the low just the next day and you're out and 
It's back to October. Woo. You know, you got to start all over. And the seniors, they don't get a, they don't get a second chance. It's all over. But uh, Brock Besser now gets, to, now gets to get the big bucks here. A uh, first-round pick for the Vancouver Canucks a couple of years back. Uh, there he is. And, of course, he scores. He's, from, he's obviously from here, from Minnesota. Good for him. We're happy for him. But this was, see, it's like you want to think, okay, it's Darcy Kemper, and he stinks. And, yeah, sure. But he was okay in the first period. <laughs> Not that that means everything. But at the same time, it's, well, the defense was terrible. The defense in front of Darcy Kemper was terrible, too. Kemper, yeah, you hope he can make a save or two that you would say was like, wow, how did he how did he stop that? And that's kind of the goal. You want to see that with Devin Dubnik again because we used to see it all the time, especially when this team would leave him out to dry on odd man rushes. Dubnik would bail us out. But now when we're giving up odd man rushes or just not just simply not clearing the puck out of the zone, which was a huge problem in this Vancouver game, Darcy Kemper never comes out good when you don't clip the puck out of the zone. I mean, any second chances for the Vancouver Canucks, it's going to result in a negative way. Even though Vancouver stinks this year at this stage, they're still an NHL team and they're still NHL players. And, well, I mean, they're still going to chip the puck into the net. And that's what took place time and time again in this one. Reed Boucher, Boucher, with a power play goal early on in the very early on in the second period, and that started the scoring as the Vancouver Canucks had scored four goals in 13 minutes. The third, Brock Besser, you know, it's like I'm happy for him that he scored, but clear the puck out, something, freeze the puck, maybe Kemper get to the puck, freeze it, or somebody come rescue him, slide the puck away, you know, like you used to see in, with uh, the Ryan Suiters, guys like that, maybe Jonas Brodeen, somebody, you know, it's like, but it just seems like continuously you see loose pucks and defensemen not getting to it in time, and it's too late, and that's what's been going on during the course of this losing streak and this losing skid. It's not a confidence booster for any goaltender in this league, and that was a huge problem in the Vancouver game, and it's been a huge problem again the past month, not only for Kemper, but for Devin Dubnik. This would be Darcy Kemper's, maybe his last game with the Wild. Possibly, quite possibly. In fact, the way Alex Delac showed against Ottawa, it's very possible. No, the defense was much better in front of him, and I'm sure Kemper's saying thank you very much, uh, defense. But again, Kemper, there are so many times he won't stop pucks that you'd think, you know, wouldn't an NHL goalie normally be able to get to that one? He just would be too slow or faked out or whatever it is, and Kemper wouldn't get to it for whatever reason. He'd have some kind of mental lapse. And the belief among many in the fan base is it's kind of Christian Ponder syndrome where, well, <laughs> maybe, just maybe, in a different location, he'll play better. Ponder did play better for uh, San Francisco when he got in the games, but it was mostly in the preseason. And so... <laughs> It's just, you know, you get away from the from the fan base that has seen you long enough and has ripped you, and they're constantly ready to attack you every time you make a mistake or you don't have a good game or a good play, and that's kind of, and it gets in your head, and Darcy Kemper, that could be the case. Watch him wind up with the Boston Bruins or the or the frickin' Colorado Avalanche or uh, what was another team I was thinking about? Damn, I can't remember. It, it won't be St. Louis, because why would he go with Mike Yo? Eh, I don't think he's going to go there. It's just the same vibe there even though they're back in the postseason and the Wild might end up playing them. But, um, you know, watch him go to Vancouver. Watch him go to... You could just go on forever. <laughs> like Carolina or something like that. Just watch uh, Darcy Kemper emerge and become one of the better goalies in the league in a couple of years. Could happen. It's it's happened before. Uh, Devin Dubnik coming from Arizona. Yeah, so it's happened. <laughs> Devin Dubnik became one of the better goalies in the NHL, so... How far-fetched is that? Uh, the Wild score too little too late. Ryan Suter finally ends the shutout. Nice little shot, kind of, you know, 
a bit of a one-timer, and that's pretty much been the case during the course of this whole season. I mean, most goals are scored on one-timers in this league, and I know I'm that's like first grade to some of you, but at the same time, I mean, it's just, and and we'll take it. Unfortunately, the Wild have just backbit big time with the, <laughs> the one-timers, particularly in the Washington game, but uh, Detroit game, it was just like, again, clear the puck out of the zone, even though Dubnik was outstanding in that one. Eric Stahl, again. See, this is another stanchion gate off a shot of Dumba. Off the stanchion. See, we, we get a little luck from the stanchion, but with only a minute 15 left, you're still trailing by two goals after Eric Stahl's able to bury his 25th of the year. Again, off the stanchion. The stanchion gets the first assist on this one. Dumba the second, and Brodine will get a, a third assist, I suppose. Thank you, stanchion there, but again, too late. Uh, Bachman was in net for the Vancouver Canucks. And again, Kemper only faced 21 shots, but again, get the puck out of the bleeping zone. You know, and Kemper is, whenever there's a bouncing puck, it's like game over with Darcy Kemper. Richard Bachman, Mr. Rich, Richard Bachman, stopped 25 of 27 shots. Solid game. Don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, he's He's been in the league for a little while, but not too long as of yet. Um, well, if Vancouver's going to turn things around, maybe you get a solid goalie and you go from there. Richard Bachman has been in the league for a little while, again, but uh, he's actually been pretty much just a career backup, single-digit game. So, again, I mean, he, I guess he's the Alex Stalock for Vancouver at this stage, where, again, he's been a journeyman with other clubs, Dallas and Edmonton, over the course of his career. So, again, that's why you don't hear a whole lot about him, <laughs> most of us out there. Okay, let's move on. I spent a little too much time in the Vancouver game, and, again, extreme frustration. In a lot of ways, it's kind of a bit of a feature presentation. I mean, a lot of emotion in that one, but it is what it is. Detroit, I mean, you're going to get emotion in all these games. 3-2 loss, national television back-to-back, Sunday, 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 Star Sunday, NBC, 11.30 a.m., fun. Joe Louis Arena, final time the Minnesota Wild will play in Joe Louis, or Louis Arena or, of course, the Minnesota North Stars in the past. It's been around for many years. The end of an era for Detroit in multiple ways, of course, as the Detroit Red Wings, again, they leave Joe Louis Arena. They're about they're on the verge of that. And they miss the playoffs for the first time since 1989. Now, you knew it was coming because you, you, if you have a losing record in the Eastern Conference, there's no way in hell you're going to make the playoffs. I mean, this isn't 1991. <laughs> you know, so, like, the North Stars were well above 500, and they still made the playoffs because there were a lot less teams in the league. And, you know, there was top-heavy there was top heavy teams like the Blackhawks. That sounds familiar. And uh, after that, it just kind of got to be a lot of mediocrity. Teams like the Hartford Whalers would make the playoffs every year, just about, pretty much. So... I don't know, whatever. Um, Detroit had not missed the playoffs at this stage, but still, I mean, I don't know. You hope for the best. Didn't help that Jimmy Howard missed most of the year. And man, he's a good goalie, isn't he? And he was outstanding in this one. Eric Stahl lit the lamp, though, fairly early. Off a awesome pass by Zach Parisi. It's like you still see moments of Zach, but you, you just wish and pray that you could get the real Zach Parisi back. Please. I'm not an Eminem fan at all. So take note when I say this. Will the real Zach Parisi please stand up? Please. <laughs> Just once in a while, I can use the quotes, even though I can't stand that type of music <laughs> or that guy or his voice. But, okay, enough of my opinions. Um, great pass by Zach Parisi, 20th assist of the year. Off of, a, again, a lead from Brodeen and a good finish for Eric Stahl. Got us encouraged. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is the kind of game I think the Wild will turn things around. Detroit's not real good. But if we can score on Jimmy Howard, we, we got something here. <laughs> but again, again, 
Again, end of the period. Get the damn puck out of the zone. Clear it away. Whatever. Clear it away as best you can. Hopefully you don't get an icing. Pray to God. At least get it to, get it into the neutral zone. Get it away. Get it out of the zone when you have like 20 seconds, 19 seconds remaining. But of course. Um, uh, kind of a, like a one-time shot from Mike Green. But a lot of uh, traffic in front of him. Nobody saw the puck in time. Nobody got in the way. And Dubnik just, I don't know, wasn't ready for it for whatever reason. Didn't expect to see it come through. And it went through, and it went through him too. 12th goal of the year for Mike Green with 19 seconds remaining in the first period. Another killer final seconds goal for the opposition. Terrific. Uh, And then Nate Prosser... (laughs) Uh, I, I guess, I mean, I guess he was able to score. Great. It's a nice that he got his first goal of the season. Unassisted, simply putting the puck on net. And sometimes that's all you got to do. And things can happen. Bounce of a puck. Lucky bounce. And uh, we appreciate the tip from the Detroit defender from his stick. And it went in. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Lord. I loved it. Uh, I forget who it was. I believe it was Olay. Ole, I believe it was him. Yeah, I can't remember which one of them it was, but uh, we appreciate it very much. And uh, oh no, it was Larkin. He's a forward. Pardon me, Dylan Larkin. That's who it was. <laughs> I knew it was a recognizable, yeah, recognizable name there. Dylan Larkin, accidentally uh, deflecting the puck past Jimmy Howard. So we appreciate that, and Nate Prosser appreciates it greatly. <sighs> but then Detroit would tie the damn game up. Woohoo, isn't that great? Thomas Tatar, you just knew that was coming one at one time or another, and it was another one-timer. And Clark Gustav, Gustav Nyquist with a nice pass for Tatar for the one-timer. Uh, opening seconds of the third period. It's just, it's always the end or the beginning. The first, like in the opening minute or the closing minute of a period, and it seems like it just kills you. And there it was, tie game, Tatar. He just knew he was going to score at some point. You always seem to hear his name when the Wild play, and he always seems to score. The Wild have a golden opportunity. After a couple of uh, scoring chances in the third period by both clubs, Dubnik and Howard, pretty damn good most of the game, but mostly the defense for the Wild improved dramatically. Only 19 shots on goal against Devin Dubnik. Good solid defense and, and puck possession by the Wild. Howard stopped most everything coming his way in this game, 24-26. Very solid throughout the night. Uh, Dubnik made a spectacular save on Miller also. That was pretty cool. And then they had a little smile at each other. They're old friends, basically. And um, But then the wild golden opportunity. Eric Halla, pretty much one-on-one with Jimmy Howard in the extra period. Three-on-three. Zach Parisi, you think, you hope and pray. He could just... It's like he's a step slower or something, whatever it is. Just could not get to the rebound. And next thing you know, what happens? What do you think happens? Of course, odd man rushed the other way. And Dubnik, uh, Dumba takes a bad angle. Starting off, pretty much giving a, uh, <sighs> giving, Ath- I don't even know how to say his name anymore, Andreas <laughs> Athanasaw, a one, one-on-one with Devin Dubnik. Dubnik comes way too far out of the net and just Athanasaw is able to wrap the puck right around him. I don't know what Dubnik is doing there. I, I really don't. Dumba, again, a terrible angle. I don't know. What the hell? Like, what are you doing, Dumba? Dumba and Dubnik, just dumb and dumber there. Dumba and dumber, basically, between Dubnik and Dumba on that play. But it doesn't help either that, again, you, you get your shot on goal, and then nobody's turning around. Nobody's ready. 
and it's too late. It's just uh, Detroit's off to the races, and you at least you got a point out of it, but this is a subpar team. Sure, it's in Joe Louis Arena and all that, but my God, I can't take any more. Now I'm dragging this too long. Washington Capitals come to XL Energy Center the 28th of March, nearing the end of the month, if you can believe it, as we are wrapping up the month. And now it's, well, it's now April 1st for me personally here, <laughs> Saturday morning, like I, when I usually record this. And it's one-time city, Top Shelf Oshi, Top Shelf TJ, as they call him. <sighs> Heartbreaking the wild in this one. Hmm. And the, the whole game, it was basically one-timers from both clubs. I mean, except for Spurgeon, basically, just again putting the puck on net much later in the game. And I mean, much later in the game as the Wild were fighting back into this one. TJ Oshie, top shelf. Jason Tomlinville with that old rifle shot. Nice to see his 12th goal of the year. He's racked up the assist. I mean, he's got 45 points on the year, but only 12 goals or 13 goals later on as you get into the Ottawa game. Alex Ovechkin, <clears throat> all three. Just one-timers, nobody getting close to him, getting him enough space. Just one-timers putting it past Dubnik, top shelf, time and time and time and time again. All on the power play, a hat trick on the power play for Alex Ovechkin. I, I don't know how many times that's happened, but his uh, 17th hat trick of his career, that's a pretty good number for one of the great goal scorers in this league. He's already got some gray hairs on him already, the uh, the old Russian. Now he's, he's actually getting older, if you can believe it, but yeah, I suppose he is. Um, but my God, it's just mm, on the power play, Alex Ovechkin, again, just that nice rifle shot, knows exactly where to put it. 31, 32, 33, ended up getting the the Capitals up 4-2. to two. Again, Pominville made it 1-1. One one. Martin Hansel, a up and up close and personal to the net there. Kind of a centering pass from Pominville, a nice play there again. And that's why Pominville has been racking up the assists, and he sure as heck has been. This is, of course, the third line with Hansel, Pominville. Usually you see Parisi, but in this game, <laughs> Parisi hit in the eye, so unfortunately... Yeah, he won't be playing in the Ottawa game, so you're going to have to shuffle the lines around. And, of course, again, <clears throat> Yuletide Carroll joins the Wild. Hopefully he's not just here to replace uh, Parisi, and I would I would absolutely believe that's not the case. I think there's more to uh, Mr. Yuletide than than that. Um, but a nice, solid goal for Bartin Hansel, and he would get two points in the game. He would also assist, or actually he assisted earlier, pardon me, in the third line in this case earlier in the game on Pominville's goal. And then again, you get Spurgeon with his ninth of the goal, ninth of the season. Eric Stahl uh, getting the rebound off of the Spurgeon shot. Just hoping, not ready for it. And it's pretty, this is extremely encouraging that the Wilds offense able to score four goals on Oltby in regulation. That's extremely encouraging. So you're seeing something now. You're finally seeing signs of the old Wild. But unfortunately, TJ Oshie, again, just left in a position to wrap things up. Just another one, another, it's just, he just like Alex Ovechkin earlier the whole night, again, just one-timer, and nobody there to block the shot. I mean, it would help if somebody's there, ready to block the shot, something, but just, unfortunately, it is what it is. Quick enough passes, oh, she's able to get it away quick enough, and he beats Devin Dubnik top shell, 5-4. to four. Wild get another point against the best team in the Eastern Conference and the best record in the NHL. So that's good. You get another point. Building blocks. Now the Wild make the moves. This is where it finally happens. Alex Daylock called up. And everyone's extremely excited, including myself. And I'm sure uh, David Kostic, Chance Kostic, of course, extremely excited as well. <laughs> 
Those are from my uh, my brother's wife. They are the uh, father and brother of my brother's wife. So basically in-laws at the end of the day. Um, in-laws for him and, and me. A uh, little bit less directly in that case. Uh, but very excited to have uh, Alex Stalock. He'd been playing so well with the Iowa Wild after a slow start. It seems like that's always the way it goes. You, you're an NHL quality goalie, but you get sent down to the AHL. You get frustrated a little bit, struggle early on, and then just he starts locking in and starts locking in and getting better and better. And he's been outstanding all season. Three shutouts, or is it four now, at the AHL level this year. You figure, what do we have to lose when Darcy Kemper is just a flat-out sieve? So why not? And Alex Dillock has been in the NHL before. So And, of course, woohoo! it's nice that he's a South St. Paul native, too. That's adorable, and we appreciate that part of it. <laughs> But how cool is it to bring Yuletide, Yule Eriksson Ek, back to the Minnesota Wild? Of course, it looks like Joel, but it's Yule because he's from Sweden. And he's a talented son of a biscuit. He's physical. He's smart. He's solid. And he's only 20 years old, and he's got a bright future in this league. And I'm so happy. Uh, fourth line center at this stage. He's not the kind of guy who's going to be like, fourth line? I'm, I'm a skilled guy. No, <clears throat> he's the kind of guy who could fit in on any line on this team. <clears throat> Maybe not the first line just yet, just because. But just saying. That's only because he's, he's raw at, at this stage, but still showing a lot of physicality in this game, not being intimidated at all by bigger, older men, playing very tough throughout the night, and I really appreciated what I saw. You see Eric Holland move over to the wing, and unfortunately, uh, the odd man out is Jordan Schrader again. I, I feel bad for that guy. It would be nice if he'd score more often, but I think it would help. <laughs> It would, it would help him score more often if he was in the lineup more often. It's up, down, up, down for him. Up, up to the press box, down on the ice. Up to the press box, down on the ice. Uh, same thing kept happening with uh, <clears throat> Grayevac with pretty much up here and down to Iowa as well. So kind of a frustrating overall season for certain guys. Uh, but an overall awesome, awesome night. Uh, a team that scored four goals against Oldby the night before. Scores five goals against a guy who always kicks the crap out of the wild. Or should I not kicks the crap, but shuts us down. He doesn't have any reason to kick us. It's more of just, uh, <sighs> he's always solid in net, and that's Craig Anderson. The guy who's been the number one goalie most of the time, but had been Condon most of this year. He'd been getting more time in the net than Craig Anderson and old Hamburglar. The magic has run out for him, unfortunately. Uh, maybe he'll reemerge at some point someday, but not right now. Um, but Craig Anderson... Always good against the Wild in the past, and I thought, oh boy, this is not going to be easy. But hopefully, there's a little magic with Alex Daylock and then and then uh, Yuletide, <laughs> Yule Eriksson-Eck out there kicking some butt. And you know what? They are both factors in the game because Yule Eriksson-Eck would have a beautiful goal off an awesome feed from Coyle, and Alex Daylock on the shots he faced was very solid. But number one, and this is number one, first things first, the defense in front of Alex Daylock was outstanding the whole night, and the shots coming Alex Daylock's way were not all that dangerous. And the Wild win 5-1 to one against the Ottawa Senators. An awesome, fun, fun night for us. Just like the old days. Just like earlier this season. Mike Hoffman scores against the Wild like he does every single time the Wild play the Ottawa Senators. You're always going to see Mike Hoffman <laughs> every single time. Yet another one-timer. But it would be the only one-timer the entire game. The only goal the entire game by the Ottawa Senators. Four goal, or excuse me, six, 16 minutes into the first tree at fairly late. Craig Anderson, solid. Steelock, solid. But luckily, Niederreiter would answer in less than a minute. A couple of Zach Parisi-type goals. A guy that was in need to end this freaking drought. I mean, because so many guys have been in a drought this year. 
uh, I've been in a drought, particularly of late. If we look at the March stats, when we talk to uh, MNW players over there with uh, Pavel and Merrick, Pavel posting the uh, monthly statistics for March. Pretty, pretty bad numbers for a lot of guys, but Eric Stahl has been freaking awesome, and we appreciate it greatly. But again, you see just how awful the month has been for a lot of these guys. And uh, Nito Niederreiter was one of them until this night, at least scoring two goals. Both Zach Parisi, not afraid to get dirty, get a bloody nose type of goals. Just sliding that thing in there, forcing it past Craig Anderson. Having to literally fall down on the ice and push it past him. And then another uh, just gritted out close to the net goal of the of the rebound from Eric Stahl. 22 goals in the year for Nito Niederreiter, and he's a 50-point guy, so cool. But then he got the beautiful pass from uh, Charlie Coyle. Just, it wasn't like it was a, it wasn't a spectacular play. It was just nifty, the way he just kind of tipped it. Just tipped the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, shot from Spurgeon, or the pass from Spurgeon over to Eck, and Eck just buried that sucker top shelf again. Third goal of the season, sixth point of the season in his 10th game in the National Hockey League. So Yule Erickson Eck, six points in 10 games. That ain't bad, is it? So something to build on for this guy as we head into next season. Gotta think this is Erickson Eck's time. I, I really do. And if he's not in the NHL next year, I'm going to be disappointed, without a doubt. Now, Dumba, who's been a terrible defender, added yet another one with his rocket shot on the power play, and that's where his value comes. 11th goal of the year, and Pominville's able to finish things off, make it 5-1, to one, 13 goals on the year. Charlie Coyle with his 34th assist. He's a 50-point guy for the first time in his career. So it's nice to see the early, the, the production earlier in the season with Coyle and Niederreiter is why they're in the 50-point range. But, my God, the past month, month and a half for those guys. Coyle, you could say, all the way back into January. Like, what the hell? But at least you're seeing something out of Coyle the past couple of weeks here. You're seeing a couple goals, a couple assists here and there, and that's nice. So Coyle's starting to factor back in. Just like how Stahl kind of started to factor back in, and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, like the best player on the team. The player of the month is Eric Stahl, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, and I'm going to give him the Mike Madonna Award again. Mike McDonald Ward again is going to Eric Stahl. Again, honorable mentions to uh, Alex Daylock just to giving us giving us this confidence and this hope that you got a solid goaltender and you get a chance to give Devin Dubnik a break. And that's huge. Absolutely huge to give Devin Dubnik a break. And this is wonderful. So you're going to see him play in multiple games here. Kemper, you're probably not going to have to worry about the hat Siv being in the net anymore. Now, God bless him. He seems like a really cool guy and extremely talented, but it's all between the years, like they say, time and time and time again with a guy like Darcy Kemper. Um, it was kind of that way with Man- Manny Fernandez. Extremely talented, but something doesn't go his way, and he just gets frustrated, starts thinking too much, and phew, Puck is in the net again. And that's where the frustration began with him. So it is what it is. Dubnik, much more of a solid, smart guy. Alex, Alex Stalock. I mean, he's a much... It's weird when you see a guy who's about six foot in the net. He looks like a midget because you're used to guys that are six foot five, six foot six, and then Dubnik and, and Kemper in that. It's funny how Stalock looks like a midget. I mean, six foot isn't that short for a goalie. I mean, you, there, there's guys that are 5'10", 5'9", 5'11". He's about average height, maybe slightly undersized. Slightly undersized. But he just looks like a virtual midget because we're used to seeing freaking behemoths in that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it was funny. I was noticing. I'm like, my God, he looks tidy. And it's like, no, no. I, I was like, I get it. It's an optical illusion because you're used to seeing the green guy or the, the white to the white jersey, whatever, the green and white or red, white or whatever the hell it is, jersey in that. And, <laughs> and it's a freaking behemoth. But 
Oh, fun, fun night and very encouraging. Mike Modano Award to, again, like I said, Mr. Eric Stahl. The, the, I almost said Johnny Flynn. The, uh, what is his name? James Shepard Memorial is going to go to Matt Dumba. Just, I'm tired of his, his bad angles time and time and time again. Doesn't clear the puck out. He scored a couple of goals this week, and I appreciate that. But we, let, let's be fair here. And you know what? I appreciate the offensive output from Matt Dumba. But the defense is really irritating to watch. It, it's annoying. It seems like he's just... And he could be good most of the night, but then there's always the gaffe and the frustration. Now, of course, Kemper also could get this, but I don't know. It, it just seems like <laughs> Dumba's always on the ice whenever when a, when a goal is scored, particularly an embarrassing one. And I don't know. I, I have to give it to him. He's frustrating at times. But I do appreciate the offense, so I will give him that. It's not a super harsh James Shepard Memorial for Matt Dumba. i got to make this statement before we head into break. I almost could say it in the second segment, but I want to say it now so I don't forget. Um... We talked about that we have a, 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 bit, a, a great glut of defense on this team in the system and up in the NHL level. I don't think I buy that right now. I mean, Mike Riley stinks at the NHL level. He too many mistakes. He gives up odd man rushes, and he didn't score with the uh, he didn't score with Jack in the time he was out there. <sighs> Gustav Olsson is all right, but at this point, he's just all right, and he makes the occasional like dumb dumbass mistake. Pardon my French. So, I don't know. And then Dumba makes a lot of mistakes. Scandella is mediocre, and he's sometimes he sucks. And other times he's all right. But he's truly not the guy he was a couple of years ago. And that's where the frustration begins. Suter, he's getting gossed again. He's gossed because he's got too much time out on the ice there. And that's annoying. Uh, Spurgeon is the best defenseman on this team for me. The most solid overall guy. Now, Stuart, Suter is the best player, but Spurgeon is the most consistent you don't see gaffes. You don't see end, endless mistakes out of Spurgeon. You see solid play, and he can put the puck in the net as well and get the puck on net. And that's what Spurgeon can bring. And he's a 30-point, 40-point defenseman. He's become one of the excellent defensemen in this league. Brodeen, I, I, I like him so much. I really do. But occasionally he'll get a gaff too. Uh, he's a guy I absolutely have to keep as we go into the, uh, the Vegas uh, expansion draft. Because, of course, the rules much tougher on NHL teams this time around because the Vegas Knights put a ton of money in this investment. More than the Wild and the Columbus Blue Jackets and, uh, you know, the Atlanta Thrashers, now known as the Winnipeg Jets. God rest the Atlanta Thrashers' soul. And, of course, the Nashville Predators, who will be playing very soon. Uh, Christian Foley, he's been oft injured. He can't stay freaking healthy. So that's another thing. You think you have this glut of defense, defensemen, but I, again, I'm not so sure, and you're seeing lousy play from a lot of them at times. And the guys in the minors, you think you got this glut of defense and, you know, we can afford to do this, afford to do that. See, again, I wouldn't mind. I can live with Dumba going to Vegas if it means not losing, say, a Niederreiter, even though Niederreiter's had his crappy moments. Or, you know, Zucker, I could almost live with it too now because you're seeing the same junk again. He's back on the second line. He's on the second line, which is great and everything, but you're not seeing the, the nice passes. You're not seeing the, the freedom and the move. The, uh, <laughs> you're not seeing the excellence out of Zucker anymore, and that's frustrating. Hopefully he can bring it back again. He seems like the kind of guy, he just gets under people's skin, and I don't know if he does that with the with uh, players on the wild as well. I mean, I'm not in the locker room, but I don't know. He really gets under players' skin, though, on the other side. Uh, so... I, I don't know. He seems kind of uh, a bit on the cocky side, and I don't know what where's where the cockiness is coming from. I don't see the forty goal season sucker. So come on now, you've never even scored thirty in this league yet. So 
I would I would lower the ego a tiny bit. It, I just I see it and I don't know. It seems to get under people's skin out there. So that that's just me. That's my observation. I could be completely ignorant on the issue, but I see something. I see what I see. So it is what it is. Segment over. Let's preview five games and wrap up the regular season right after this. <laughs> Segment number two, five games to preview, and we're going to talk a bit about the prospects, NCAA tournament, a teeny tiny bit, just just talk about it briefly, because because why the hell not, even though unfortunately, you know, duh, there's no more wild prospects in there, except, well, actually, I shouldn't say that, you got Avery Peterson and Carson Susie, but will Carson Susie be healthy, ready to go? I hope so, he's a senior, these will be his last games, so a maximum of two more games, and minimum of one more game, as the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs are in the Frozen Four in Chicago, which will take place next weekend because they don't want to compete with the NCAA Basketball Final Four at this stage. The the Bouncing Four, the Hardwood Four, okay, that doesn't sound good. Just leave it alone. Um, <laughs> really dumb, right? Let's move on. Minnesota Wild will play a possible postseason opponent coming up in the first round, the Nashville Predators in Nashville, Tennessee, today, today. And uh, maybe it's already happened or it's happening right now as you're listening. Who knows? Pekka Rene and the group, Ryan Johansson, the guy the Wild chased last year and couldn't get via trade. So then you always end up doing the smaller end trade and give up draft picks. And I don't know. It's frustrating. It happens every freaking year. But at least Hensel's doing something. Ryan White, not so much. Again, I always say Gretel might be more valuable. Like Hansel and Gretel? Yeah, okay. That's cute, right? P.K. Subban and the crew in Nashville today. Uh, Alex Taylor will be a net. I've got a feeling the Wild will keep this positive vibe moving. Nashville and St. Louis will be playing on April 2nd, tomorrow. So that's a uh, back-to-back situation. Hopefully the Wild can take them today. Though don't be surprised again if Nashville has a good output. Uh, they've struggled... They've kind of had a they've had a streaky run here. They beat Calgary, San Jose, and New York Islanders, giving them only one goal each. But then they get slaughtered by Boston, four to one, and beat by Toronto, three to one. Toronto trying to get in that Eastern Conference with Austin Powers over there. Austin Powers. I'm just messing around. Austin Matthews. Well, he might as well be Austin Powers. I'm sure they probably. I'm sure people have used that name before. Um, Toronto, a, an emerging team with Rob ba- uh, with Mike Babcock, Rob Babcock, Mike Babcock over there. Oh, boy. Saros has been a little bit better than Rene most of this season, but Rene's usually in net, and that's what I expect to see today. Philip Forsberg, 56 points. Uh, Arvidsson has scored against the Wild many times. Forsberg has scored against the Wild a quadrillion times, 30 goals. He's always getting the puck in that. James Neal's a name we've gotten to know around here as well. Frustrating. Always seems to get those heartbreakers. Mike Fisher helped beat us earlier this season as well. It's been, uh, the Wild have had a majority of success against Nashville, of late, and we appreciate it deeply. I, I really do, and I'm, I've, I've enjoyed it. I hope the Wild can continue it today. I, I get a feeling, though, that the positive positivity will continue during the course of time. Now, Nashville beat the Wild 4-2 to two in the last showing. That's all the way back on... Well, actually, that wasn't the last one. That was uh, the third game of the season. And then Minnesota pounded Nashville 5-2 to two not too long ago. 
on the on the 18th of February. So that's a little while ago, about a month, about five weeks ago. Hopefully the Wild can continue things. Uh, the season series has been already won by the Wild. Three games, six out of a possible... 10 points, so the Wild have clinched a season series with Nashville. Will they clinch a playoff series against Nashville? I think the Wild could beat the Predators in the postseason, even with the struggling of late. But again, now you get a goalie in the mix that can help Dubnik rest. That's the goal. As Dubnik is re- Dubnik getting some rest is extremely important. Of course, you don't want to leave him out too long. Then he's rusty, and it's all kind of weird. Just like when Jonathan Quick came back, he gave up five goals against the Wild. So, I mean, as great as Jonathan Quick was, he wasn't ready to rock and roll. But, of course, he was out for months. Uh, Dubnik getting a few games rest out can't hurt. And uh, putting a goalie in there you can trust. Well, you got five games coming up, like I said. Twice against Colorado, once at Arizona. So those, these are all extremely winnable games in Carolina. It's a little bit of revenge on Carolina. I expect the Wild to get well into the 100-point mark. Will they get it today? This is definitely the toughest opponent the Wild will play during this week. Ah, boy. I want to be positive. I want, I want to pick a win. I'm going to. I, I've got a good feeling about this one. Alex Daylock, again, will be in net. As the Wild will play a back-to-back against Colorado, Devin Dubnik will be in tomorrow evening at 5 p.m. Uh, at the XL Energy Center. We come from Nashville back to the X, so very quick flight time there. The Wild have four, uh, three road games out of these five, and one and more in Colorado, and if I wrap up the season in, in uh, Arizona. Mm. Well, you hope the Wild can set a tone here and get a win. This this won't be easy, of course. Uh, Nashville's been up and down. I pick a, I'm going to pick a Wild victory right now. Uh, in good faith, again, here I go again. You know, And it's like, you know, I might pick a win in all these games. It's almost like if I'm going to pick a loss, it should be this one in one of the Colorado games, really. Because <laughs> I don't think see the Wild losing to Carolina or Arizona. That would be ridiculous or frust- extremely frustrating. You're certainly not going to get swept by Colorado. Uh, man, mm, I, gotta, I don't know. Maybe I have a scary feeling it's going to be like 3-2 to Nashville. Nashville, it's like, you know, they either give up, it's like they give up one or two goals, they win, but it's supposedly like, it's basically like everybody else, but then they don't score, they start giving up goals and don't score. It's like a puck possession situation with Boston and Toronto there. Ah, boy, I don't know. This team is up and down just like us, quite frankly. They can score and they can get scored on. The Wild are trending up. I'm going to pick a victory. I'm going to pick a 4-2 victory for the Minnesota Wild over the Nashville Predators. The most likely guy to score for Minnesota in this game will be, can I say it again, Eric Stahl. Might as well. Eric Stahl is going to be the most likely guy to score against the Nashville Predators. Might even go with Yule Eriksson Eck, but I don't know. I'd like to see him keep it up. But Yule Eriksson Eck will score another goal or two during the course of this week. That's my bold, my semi-bold prediction. It's not that bold because I think he's a good player and he's got a nice future. But a 4-2 victory, I expect, for the Wild. Uh, I just I got a good feeling about Alex Salak, and I see the Wild's offense kind of coming around again. And, I mean, when the Wild play well against Nashville, they score four or five goals, and it happens all the time. So I'm predicting that today. Again, most likely guy to score will be Eric Stahl. So now you go to XL Energy Center Sunday the 2nd against the Colorado Avalanche. They have the worst record in the league. They're going to get the number one pick in the draft. In a season where you have Chicago with 105 points, you're going to have Minnesota with over 100, maybe 106, 104, something like that. Colorado has 43 points on the season. That is abysmal. And you have Calvin Pickard. Pickard, you want to say Pickard like Jean-Luc Pickard, but it's actually pronounced Pickard, Pickard, which sounds hilarious. Um, 
Varlamov has had his moments, but he's been hurt off and on this year. He's had an awful season. Pickard is just kind of mediocre, average guy. Save percentage just barely above 90. Goals against average just barely under three. Not going to get the job done. Only three total shutouts on the season. And put it this way, if the uh, Colorado Avalanche shut out the Minnesota Wild, God, we suck and we're in big trouble. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, the only guy really really standing out right now. I mean, Matt Duchesne, 37 points. Okay, he's a he's a really good player and all that, but he's having a, a kind of a yucky year. Jerome McGinley is looking like he's on the verge of hanging it up. Only 18 points in 61 games. Not the way he wanted to end his career with the worst team in the league. And, you know, just no production whatsoever. Landis Gog, all he does basically is start trouble. 29 points. He's a talented guy, but he's just he's just a goon and all that. Uh, hopefully he doesn't try to injure any of our players in the upcoming games here. That's my big fear coming out of this one. It's come out of this game healthy. This team hates the Wild, and the Wild hate them. It's been a back-and-forth thing forever. <sighs> At least since 2014, when the Avalanche were actually kind of halfway decent. But um, I my, my goal in this one is come out healthy, come out okay. The Wild should win this game. They really should. You know, I mean, they need to win both of these games against Colorado, and I think they can. But can I pick a sweep going out of this season? No, I'm not going to pick one. I'll pick the Wild to win the one in XL Energy Center and go on a three-game win streak. Most likely guy to score for the Wild in this one. Normally, I'm going to say Nito Niederreiter, but I'll save that for the one in Colorado. I just I want to save it for that one. In this one, will Parisi be back in time? Probably not. Maybe next week against Carolina or something. I think, yeah, maybe into the coming week here. Uh, for this game, I will say the most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild. Is going to be Yule Erickson. I think he'll score uh, his fourth goal of the season against the Colorado Avalanche. I'm going to pick him, and I, I hope I'm right on Sunday. Nathan McKinnon, definitely the best player on the team, but again, 51 points. Also, though, I mean, how, how much is around him? I mean, you're not scoring and you're giving up goals. The uh, the energy in the building is just completely gone for this Colorado Avalanche team. Well, only three years ago, it looked like they were on their way to being something pretty dangerous in this league, and look at them now. But uh, again, look at them soon, though. When they get the next phenom in the draft, the next, you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave that as is when the time comes. I'm kind of worried about this coming up, though, but uh, you hope it's not another Connor McDavid-level talent, but, uh, well, it happens. McKinnon was the number one pick. He's, he's showed talent, but he's never been consistent. He's just good, but not super great. Uh, nice plus-minus, though, for a guy who is on the ice quite a bit. He's got the second-best plus-minus on the team, so at minus 15. Uh, Wild will win the game to get to the point here. You'll see a... I got a feeling the Wild are going to really put on a show in XL Energy Center. You're going to get, again, let's go with a 4-1 to one victory for the Minnesota Wild. Even 5-1. to one. I'll go 5-2 to two victory for the Minnesota Wild. Devin Dubnik will return in at 5-1. to one. I, I think Dubnik's going to have a real nice game after having a couple games off. I, I think it's going to be wonderful. For the first time all season, Dubnik is going to have two games off, and that's Great. It's about time. A little time to rest, and but also watch the game and not have to come in because the guy's getting shelled. Darcy Kember, which is bullcrap. A guy can't even get any rest. Uh, him being Devin Dubnik. Um, you don't want to have Nick Backstrom syndrome, so that's the case. 5-2 to two victory for the Wild. Most likely guy to score. Yule Eriksenek. Let's move on. The Carolina Hurricanes. Boy, they played a whale of a game last time. And you know what? It's a crying shame that a team of eight games over 500, you know, 14 shutout losses, that's been their undoing. That's why they're missing the playoffs. 84 points, solid team. I mean, they're not great. But they're going to wind up with about 90 points this year, i got to think. A team that I think deserves 
to be in the playoffs, and it's too bad. You know, it's really, it's really too bad. I mean, the, the amount of penalty minutes hasn't helped them either. That's definitely hurt them in a big way. They have the number two penalty kill in the league, and it's had to be good leading the league with penalty minutes. So that's kind of funny. Actually, the minimum penalty minutes, I should say. Um, they've been solid. The power play's not been good. Their goals are mediocre. Their goaltending's okay. But when uh, Eddie Lack last time around looked like a world beater, and, um, well, I mean, his numbers aren't spectacular, but, my God, he looked awfully good against us. 7-5 and five on the year. Don't be surprised to see Eddie Lack back in net. As the Carolina Hurricanes make their only uh, visit to Exhale Energy Center this season, Tuesday, the 4th of April, Tuesday night, of course, 7 p.m. Big surprise there. It's always at 7 p.m. in Exhale Energy Center. Uh, Eddie Lack versus, versus this is my prediction, Eddie Lack versus uh, Alex Stalock. I think Alex Stalock will be back in net against the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm saying it right. See, I just get so crazy with this Carolina Panthers, Florida Panthers. I don't know. I'm crazy. I, Carolina Hurricanes. Again, crying shame. I, I like the Hurricanes. You can kind of tell I love their third jerseys. I think Eddie Lack, you know, you look at him and you think, ah, he's just, he's a garbage goalie. No, he isn't. He's actually kind of good. And <laughs> at least from my point of view, because he shut us out pretty good a couple years ago with the Vancouver Canucks. So I don't forget stuff like that. Oh, boy. I think the Wild are going to finish 4-1, and one, though, in this group. And I hope I'm freaking right. I, thought, I think the Wild will beat the Carolina Hurricanes. It's going to be something of the likes, 3-2 to two type of game. It's going to be very close. Wild maybe winning overtime or, or the last second, something like that, past Eddie Lack. Maybe even a 2-1 to one game. I think it's going to be low scoring, Carolina and Minnesota. Eddie Lack will be very solid in net, but I think uh, the Wild will be a little bit better. You'll see more offense. You'll see more production this time around. And, you know, being at home helps a little bit. It's not the greatest thing ever. We went down 4 nothing to Vancouver. And, again, put it this way, if we get swept by Carolina this year, you have a right to be pissed off. Uh, the Wild will beat the Carolina Hurricanes final score I, I three to two three to two victory most likely guy to score in this game is going to be Jason Pominville. I got a good feeling from Pominville coming into that one. I think he'll be the likely guy to score against Carolina. You want to say Eric Stahl and almost might as well, but I'll kind of put it like that. But I'm going to go with Pominville first. Eric Stahl second. In this game, Wild will win three to two in a fairly close one. You'll see uh, Alex Stalock again in net again. Dumnik will be in net against the Colorado Avalanche. I wouldn't blame actually uh, Mr. Boudreau if he had Stalock in the final two games, but then again, you probably don't want to do that. Um, I think that yeah, you'll see Dumnik in net against Colorado on the road. I kind of think, uh, I, I don't know, I kind of got a feeling the Avalanche are going to win that game. It's between this one and the Nashville game. That's going to be the Wilds' loss out of the four games here. Maybe they'll lose both of them. I, I don't know. But I got a sneaky feeling Colorado's going to be a little better. They're going to wrap up their season. They always seem to do this to the Wild. They did this to us last year, too, when they were pretty disappointing. They had a solid game, but they just were sharp. They were strong defensively, and they scored goals. I got a feeling this is a trap game between the two. Colorado Avalanche will beat Dubnik 3-2 on the road. The Wild will struggle to score in the game. Uh, it'll be a low-scoring one. Uh, the Wild had some really low-scoring games earlier in the year with Colorado. So they've only scored. Gosh, they've only scored. The Wild got shut out by Colorado at the beginning of the season. I remember how frustrating that was. Uh, Calvin Pickard got the shutout in that one. And the Wild shut out Colorado about a month later. Lost to the Avalanche also on the 19th. Extremely frustrating. So as bad as the Avalanche have been, they've been a thorn in the side for the Wild most of the season. 
they're going to win the season series. That's yes. You hope the Wild could sweep these two games, but I got a feeling they're not going to. We we never sweep Colorado, never, and I think the Avalanche will get a three to two victory, maybe even a two to one. But I'm hoping the Wild at least score two goals in the game, three to two victory for Colorado. It's going to go to overtime. The Wild will get a point out of it. It'll go to extra period overtime victory. For the Colorado Avalanche, 3-2. to two, Most likely got to score. Need only a rider. But uh, the Colorado Avalanche will get the win. Believe it or not, Nathan McKinnon or Landis Cog, some bullcrap like Landis Cog, will score the game-winning goal. And the Colorado Avalanche will win their last game of the season. Uh, at least against us. I think I don't think they'll win another game after that as the season will wrap up about in the next day or two there for the Colorado Avalanche. On Thursday, April the 6th, the Avalanche win the season series of the Wild because it's just that's how it goes sometimes. You could have a crappy record, but you're still going to beat your rivals because you just you, you know them so much better, and that's what's going to happen in my humble opinion. So uh, there it is, 3-2 victory. Minnesota wraps the season series, the season, regular season up in Arizona. Alex Stalock will be a net in my prediction. In my prediction, April the 8th, Regular season finale, Alex Stalock will be a net. Got to rest Dubnik. Why have Ale- uh, why have Dubnik in net against Arizona to get the tweak an ankle or God knows what could happen? Alex Stalock will be a net. The Wild will win the game. I'm going to say, I think the Wild chances of winning the game are pretty high. I think you'll see some scoring. And if the Wild don't score in the game, I'm going to be very frustrated. And how could you not be? Uh, Arizona Coyotes, I like their team. I like their, their name. is awesome. The uniform is cool. But they don't win a lot of games right now, and it's kind of sad. Verbeda has been a guy who's scored against the Wild in the past, but generally speaking, this is not a scoring team. They've only, they have nobody with 20 goals in the year. How how messed up is that? Martin Hensel, who's done who hasn't scored a whole lot with the Wild, would be tied with Radim Verbeda, the leading scorer on the, <laughs> for the leading goal scorer. For the Arizona Coyotes. How funny is that? That is embarrassing. Alex Goligoski, former super talented Gopher, still 33 points as a defenseman, power play quarterback type of guy on a team that doesn't score hardly at all. So that's pretty impressive for Goligoski, former Dallas star, former Gopher, 33 points in the year. Not bad. The Wild will win the game, though. Final score, 3-1. to one. Minnesota will beat the Arizona Coyotes 3-1. to one. <clears throat> In Gila River Arena. Gila River Arena. That didn't come out too good. The Wild win 3-1. to one. Most likely guy to score in the game, Martin Hansel. To go against his team for the first time. And the Wild will win against the Arizona Coyotes. And they will sweep the season series. Three games to zero. Martin Hansel will score his 19th goal of the season. And maybe he'll be maybe he'll have finished ahead of Verbeda. But don't be surprised if Verbeda get the only goal for the... <laughs> <laughs> for the Arizona Coyotes. That's just my guess, but um, <laughs> I do think that maybe Shane Doan will score in the game, his final game ever. This will be the end of Shane Doan's career. Illustrious. Give him a seated ovation. All the way back to the days of the Winnipeg Jets when this team was the original Winnipeg Jets. Shane Doan, a draft pick, original player of that club, and uh, congratulations, Shane Doan, on an awesome career. It's a crying shame he didn't get more opportunities in the postseason. But uh, Arizona got to the West Finals a few years ago, but ran into the frickin' Kings. And Kings were on their magical run, and there's nothing they could do about it. And the frickin' Kings, I, I hate to see that when your team is on a magical run, and there's always this other one that's on an even more magical run, and they knock you off like the stupid Ducks over the Wild back in 03. 3-1 victory, Minnesota. Martin Hansel will get his 19th goal of the season. And a solid little game, a nice little send-off for the regular season. 
Alex Stalock in that Dubnik will be in uniform, but will be resting and watching during the course of this game. That's exactly what will happen, in my humble opinion. The Minnesota Wild, to me, will, yeah, I mean, they're either going to get... See, it's either out of it's uh, up to ten points. They're going to either get nine. They're either going to get seven to nine points this week. They'll finish with, well, obviously, one hundred and five to one hundred and seven points in the season. Very strong finish. And uh, if the Wild don't have a winning record in these five games, shame on them. That's just extremely disappointing. But to me, there's no excuse. They should they should have a winning record. They have a, a goalie who's at least going to be solid. He's going to get a couple wins for them against teams that are you know just kind of bored. I I know they're going to play loosey goosey and they're going to want to play spoiler, but I just think the Wild will finish the season strong going into the playoffs, and then you start over from scratch. It's 0-0, and you go against uh, Nashville or St. Louis, maybe even a small little chance against Calgary, but probably not the way the playoffs set up. So let's look at the prospects a bit, eh? Where shall we begin with this one? The NCAA tournament, or where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Uh, Well... The Minnesota Wild are able to ink Luke Cunning after the Wisconsin Badgers eliminated from the NCAA tournament because they were beaten in the Big Ten Championship game thanks to the Penn State Nittany Lions making the uh, NCAA tournament. We'll talk about their little run in a bit. They got to the Elite Eight, so good for them. Again, the Wild called up Yule Erickson Eck. A lot of excitement about that. Benny Allen says, bring him in and Cunning to the big club. And yes, bring him and Cunning to the big club. Well, Cunning, at that moment, had not been signed. But, again, <laughs> nice to see aggressive moves by the Wild of late. Also, I should talk about the Wild scoring slumps. Uh, Coyle, four in the last 36 in games. Stewart had two goals in the last 25, and he had both of them recently. Halla had one in the last 17. This was at, this was about, gosh, this was like earlier in the week, too. So you add on a couple more games to that list. About 19 games now for Halla, 20 games for Halla. Spurgeon finally ended his drought the other night. Pominville had one in 19, but he, added, he ended his drought as well. So that's the good news. Zucker has not ended his. He's at about 16. Brodeen hasn't scored in well over 30 games now, about 33 games. Hensel ended his drought. He had one in 12. Koivu still has not. He's two in the last 26 games. Niederreiter ended his drought. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> one in the last 19. Thanks to... Mr. Uh, MNW players adding these as well. Parisi has scored two in the last 15. Extremely frustrating. White has not scored in 13 games as well. No points at all for uh, Ryan White. Studer ended his drought. Ended his drought as well, but it was 1-27 in 27 as of Monday. But, uh, of course, <laughs> now it's two in the last 30. But you're finally seeing droughts end. That's the good news. So, again, that's the, uh, the monthly wrap-up because I almost forgot that. MNW players... Pavel Bonnet and Merrick Skyba out of the Czech Republic. Really, thank you guys very much. They're kind enough to allow me to post a link to Brave the Wild on there. And also I edit and, and uh, edit a bit uh, on occasion. And I'm able to post things as well with uh, prospects and just Minnesota Wild in general. It's all things Minnesota Wild, MNW players. Facebook.com forward slash MNW players. Look that up. Click like. Rock and roll. We talk about prospects. But everything from, again, from Zach Greasy, Ryan Studer, Eric Stahl, all the way down to the Sam Warnings and such, <laughs> and Vey, Vi, the goalie, uh, with the Quad City Mallards, Dmitry Sokolov with the Sudbury Wolves and the OHL, who's at a 50 points, 50 goal season, well into the 70s now. 
as they're in the postseason. I don't even know if Sudbury made it, but they made it. Don't really feel too confident. They they have Sokolov, but it seems like nobody else scores for that club, and the defense is pretty bad for the uh, Sudbury Wolves, unfortunately. They often lose games by final scores of 5-2, to 5-3. to three. It's pretty frustrating, can imagine, for Sokolov and the like. Seventh-round pick for the Minnesota Wild in 2016. Outstanding player. The first-round pick for the Minnesota Wild in 2016 has been signed, and that is uh, Luke Cunning. Yes, sir, the captain of the Wisconsin Badgers. Outstanding, outstanding player for the Wisconsin Badgers. Only got through his sophomore year, and luckily, Tony Granato, the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, admitted and openly said he believes Luke Cunning's ready for the pros, and he, he wasn't trying to keep him there or anything. And look at Luke Cunning, you know, uh, just an outstanding run there. He reminds me a bit of Zach Parisi. He, he's not afraid to get close to the net. <sighs> Seven shots on goal in his first game at the AHL level, and then next thing you know, <laughs> Luke Cunning is able to uh, <laughs> Luke Cunning is able to get a hat trick in his third game. At the at the AHL level, pretty awesome. So now he has three goals in four games. He's played four games. Last night they lost four nothing. Very frustrating to see that. And th- that's the Iowa Wild. It's like you know they lose two nothing, one nothing. Finally somebody has a big game, and then the next night it's like they get shut out again. Four nothing, five nothing, four one. It's really frustrating. Maybe Samanasal had a goal here and there, and pretty much Luke Cunning has been the only goal scorer the past week, and he scored three goals. So very cool. Adam Gilmore been adding a couple points at the uh, at the ECHL level. That's Adam Gilmore, the former teammate of of uh, Alex Tuck, as they made the Final Four, Frozen Four last year. Alex Tuck, he's got, you know who he reminds me of, and I've been talking about it a little bit with uh, Pavel in private message, is Alex Tuck reminds me of Eric Stahl a little bit. And I don't mean the elite talent 100-point guy for Carolina, but I mean in general. He, he has a similar game to Eric Stahl where he's not like the fastest guy out there, but he's quick. He's got quick hands, and he'll 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 lull the goalie to sleep. He's got a real sweet backhand, and a lot of his goals have gone that way. Uh, he's not a goal scoring machine, and he's not at the level of Luke Cunning. And I don't, I, I'm not sure he's at the Erickson Eck level either, because if he was, he'd still be in the NHL. So, and Erickson Eck played only one game down there at the AHL level, uh, and he scored, of course. Big surprise there. Erickson Eck comes in and he scores. That's how he rolls. And <laughs> the guy Erickson Eck, he you know you don't get the vibe that he that he comes into the pro level and is starry-eyed. It's like, no, I can play. I deserve to be here. And that's the approach from Eric Tanek. Alex Tuck was a little more starry-eyed. Uh, he looked slow out there. He's, he's just huge. He's six foot five, and he, and he looks like he's six foot five. <laughs> kind of a lumbering guy, but I think he has a nice future in the league in terms of, you know, I think he's got a little Eric Stahl. He does score. It's not like he went down to Iowa and stunk it up and didn't do anything. Just He's just there. He's part of the scenery. No, he's one of the youngest guys in the team, and he's second behind Timo Polkanen in total goals on the year in only 49 games. So that's not bad, and he's capable of getting assists as well. But that beautiful little backhand by Alex Tuck, certainly worthy of note. Uh, love what he's able to do, how he just, again, he lulls the goalie to sleep, kind of skates around, kind of slides in there. The goalie's kind of ready for something, and then just whoop, just flips the puck over the guy's shoulder, and it's too late. And bam, it's a nice goal. That's what I like. Uh, that's where I like what I see out of Mister Number Fifty Three on the Wild Seventeen, with the uh, <laughs> the Iowa Wild. But uh, overall, Luke Cunning definitely the highlight of the week for the Iowa Wild. Fun week. I mean, you bring up Alex Taylock, you bring Eulerix and Eck back from the back to the United States, and he's 
probably most likely going to be on the playoff roster. I don't know how you could keep him out. Luke Cunning, you know, you can't just put him in the NHL right out of the gate. It's nice to see Brock Besser go to the NHL right away. Brock Besser is a little tiny bit older, though. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's smarter to have Cunning develop a little bit. But who knows? I mean, if he's able to get a hat trick that early with AA, with the AHL level, who knows? But um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, at this point, I'd be very surprised to see Cunning up at the Wild. But I suppose you never know. Maybe we make the playoffs and, you know, say if Iowa misses the playoffs and there's still time to call him up, maybe the Wild do that. We'll just have to wait and see <laughs> how that develops. Pretty pretty cool, though. Uh, Gustav Olsson, 22 points on the season. Lucia, I've already said that 100 times. Injured, all that. Uh, Riley with 24. Mike Riley, 49 games, 24 points. He was better last year. Been very disappointed with uh, Riley's season. Big time. At the NHL level, not as good. AHL level, not as good. Damn. You know, it's very frustrating. Tyler Grayevac has shown signs of what he can be in the NHL level. And he's starting to look solid at the AHL level again, too. Um, he, he's a capable guy. He's learning on the fly a bit more. He's starting to learn more. And you put him at the wing, he seems to be more productive. He can play more of a wall game rather than just be in the middle of the ice trying to be a defender out there, a physical defender in the neutral zone and all that, but be more of a uh, wall guy. Show his physicality, get the puck from, uh, get the puck from you know, obviously the opposition and hopefully uh, make some nice passes centering passes for some one-timers, and I believe that's where Grayevac's career could develop yet, at the at least in the bottom six range for franchises in the future, for the at the NHL level in the future for the Minnesota Wild, hopefully, at least at Iowa for the moment. Um, so let's talk about the NCAA tournament. Sam Warning, though, real quick, is still about right under 50 points on the season. He had, He's had a couple hat-tricks this year, very solid for the Quad City Mallard, so at least he's been hanging strong there, added an assist the other night, 49 points on the season for him. Off to the uh, Frozen Four and all that. Now the Minnesota Gophers were eliminated by the New York, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They were up 2 nothing in the game and then it just all kind of changed. It was, it was a heartbreaker. Duluth was able to tie that sucker up in about a minute, two goals in the late in the second period and then they were able to add that third one very late and they beat the, Go- they beat the Gophers Heartbreaking. The Gophers unable to score multiple scoring chances, and they're the only number one seed to not only not get to the Frozen Four, but to not even get out of the first round. So heartbreaking. They lose in the 16. Notre Dame ends up getting past UMass Lowell. Very surprising after UMass Lowell crushed Cornell. Again, no wild prospects on UMass Lowell, no wild prospects on Notre Dame anymore, though Mr. Uh, Lucia played there. Both Don Lucia and Mario Lucia were on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish one very recent one many, many, many years ago. <laughs> but Notre Dame able to survive, survive UMass Lowell, which tells me the Gophers would be in the Frozen Four today if, uh, well, yeah, at this at this moment into next week if they could have got past Notre Dame. And that's heartbreaking. Uh, very impressive goaltending and defense by Notre Dame. And they are in the Frozen Four. They play the number one overall seed in the tournament. And a team that's won seven national championships, the Denver Pioneers. And I pray to God they don't win number eight because I'm sick of the... Denver Pioneers. I hate them. <laughs> they won many times back in the day. They won uh, two in a row in the early 60s and two in a row in the late 60s. So definitely a team of the 60s. And then they won two in a row in 0405. So uh, quite the uh, uh, illu- uh, quite the illustrious run for the Denver Pioneers. They haven't won a national championship for a while, and I don't want them to win this year. Go Notre Dame in that one. 
Harvard versus Minnesota Duluth. Harvard versus Minnesota Duluth. The Harvard Crimson. Harvard Crimson. One of the oldest colleges in in the in the in the in the, in the, in the United States. They only won the national championship once, and who was it against? The Gophers. Yeah, it was against the Gophers. 1989 Civic Center went to overtime, and it was uh, Mr. Doug Woog's only shot at a national championship all those years, but never won. Very frustrating, and that's kind of what Lucy is turning into. Yeah, he won two championships very early, believe it or not. Or yeah, with uh, against Maine, of course, the beautiful overtime game, which will always be in my. It'll always have a place in my heart, and of course, 2003 when we crushed the uh, when he crushed New Hampshire, that was awesome. Oh two, oh three, they'll always have a place in my heart. But boy, Lucia, I think uh, it's getting stale. It's getting like Doug Woog now. It's, I think it's time to move on. But to, I, I don't expect Lucia to get fired. He's had a great career, uh, most wins in Gopher history. But man, uh, I would not be against uh, Mr. Genzel taking over. Mike Genzel being the new coach of the Gophers after being the most popular guy on campus when it comes to hockey pretty much forever. Mike Genzel, uh, when you hear about former Gopher players not liking Don Lucia and they don't want to have anything to do with him anymore after they leave, that's not good. That's not good. And Mike Genzel, they just sing his praises constantly. It's not all about popularity, but Mike Genzel, obviously he's, a, he's an intelligent hockey guy. Why else would he be the associate head coach? So he's obvious, he obviously knows what he's doing, and he's a veteran and all that, and he played with the Gophers many years ago. That's adorable. But, uh, yeah, that would be great to see uh, Mr. Genzel take over the program one of these years. Maybe in the next two years you'll see it happen, where she just steps down and moves on with his life, and God bless him. I mean, we appreciate the championships and the good runs and all that, but it's been a long time, and mm, I don't know. It's frustrating. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Maybe we'll be in the final game with Harvard. Who knows? Minnesota Duluth, the other one. Of course, the Bulldogs, the only team with Minnesota ties remaining in the tournament. You know, you're not going to see any St. Cloud State. I mean, how often is St. Cloud State going to make it? And if you cheered for for North Dakota last year, come on, man. Why, why would you cheer for an old, bitter rival like North Dakota? I don't know. I'd rather see Sam and and Quinnipiac win, but of course, they got their asses whooped in that championship game last year. Minnesota Duluth, Carson Soucy, please get healthy. So I'm cheering for Carson Soucy and Avery Peterson. It'd be nice to see Minnesota Duluth win. They've only got one, despite they've had a pretty pretty good run. It's not like Denver. I mean, Harvard's been to the Frozen Four more times than uh, than Minnesota Duluth, but they did win the championship in 2011. It was a very happy time. Of course, Boston University 2012-13 went to freaking Yale, who knocked the Gophers out in the first round with the number one overall seed. Frickin' Gophers, number one overall seed. And then Harvard, or excuse me, Yale, number 16, and they win the whole enchilada. Crazy. And it was their first time in the tournament and since God knows, and the first first championship after like being in the thing for since the 30s. Insane. Um, Duluth, this is their first Frozen Four since 2011. It's crazy. As good as they've been, it's been that long. Wow, they haven't been back since the championship. Notre Dame, uh, Duluth needs to get healthy, though. They need Susie. They need uh, they need him in there. So hopefully Carson Susie can be available. And maybe, uh, well, after this tournament, I highly expect Carson Susie to be signed by the Minnesota Wild. And it'd be great to see him suit up with Iowa if he's healthy enough to uh, do that. But regardless, I do expect Carson Susie to be in the Wild system officially. 
by next weekend. By by well, two two weeks from now, Carson Susie will be a part of the Minnesota Wild somehow, some way. Maybe the Iowa Wild will already be eliminated, so there's nothing you can do there. But at least he'll be inked, just like Alex Tuck was last year. It was too late to put him on the Iowa Wild as they were in the Frozen Four as well last season, and Iowa was terrible, so they didn't make it. Right now, I'm thinking, well. I think Harvard's going to beat Duluth. That's just my guess. They look really good. And Duluth has been squeaking past teams. They barely beat Ohio State. They barely beat Boston U. And I mean barely. Uh, Boston U probably should have won that game, but they didn't. Air Force, cute little run. Penn State destroyed Union. And good for them. Uh, it's nice to see 10-3. to Then they got crushed by Denver. Uh, Denver looks like the best team. And they probably are going to win. I don't want them to, but they probably are. Uh, most likely it's going to be Denver-Harvard with Denver winning. But I'd love to see Notre Dame and Harvard or Notre Dame or Minnesota Duluth. I hate Denver, but they're probably going to win the way they're going, and they'll claim their eighth championship. We'll see. Maybe Harvard will pull it off. Uh, right now, I think Denver-Harvard, though, and, and it's going to be a pretty good game. So there it is. Let's wrap up the show. Of course, not majorly wild-related. Carson Soucy on the roster, and it's fun to throw in a little college hockey at the end. Why not? Hope this wasn't too long for you. I'm actually surprised I did this as long as I did today. I thought I was going to have a shorter show, but again, you got five games to preview. You got four games to review. You've got lots of changes going on. Uh, this is a fun time of year when you bring in prospects, you sign them out of college or, or whatever it is, and then the surprise moves like bringing up Alex Stalock and bringing Yul Eriksson-Eck back. Awesome. And now he's probably here to stay long-term. I got to think with at the NHL level because he looks like he can keep up with the NHL pace and physicality. So why would you, why would you, yeah, I mean, I don't think Yule Erickson will be back in Europe next year. I think that's 0%. And why would you have him in uh, Iowa next year? I'd be very disappointed if that was the case. Alex Tuck, hopefully he can step it up. And of course, Mr. <clears throat> Cunning, I think he'll be in the NHL level next year, but maybe not right out of the gate. Maybe you'll see a little more AHL, but if he blows guy, but if he blows them away right out of the gate, kind of like we, like we saw with Erickson last year, here we go. Uh, you got guys with long contracts still on the roster, like Commonville, but eventually he's going to have to. It's going to be time. His time is going to be up. Uh, he's been productive most of the year, so give him credit. Parisi, God, I just uh, you know just snake bit with injuries and this and that, and his timing's off, and he's sick, and he's this and that. It's so sad, so frustrating. Would be nice to see the real Zach Parisi again, but I don't know. I mean, is it just the amount of injuries and all that, or is it something else? I, or, or is he really like almost cooked as a player I gotta think it's just bad luck at this point and hopefully and pray that he can get it back ready to roll again I just hope that's all it is but uh, again I'm dragging this now to, to get to the Twitter account it is at Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild give it a follow facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota and then there's also facebook.com forward slash MNW players, and then of course there's uh, you know a link to their official website on that Facebook page. Just click on that, and you're in MNWplayers.com, and there you go. I mean, just a beautiful website. Again, like I said, everything from the Zach Crazy, Eric Stalls, Charlie Coyles, all the way down to the Sam Warnings, and 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 and, and all that information about all the prospects, monthly wraps, week wraps, player of the week, player of the month. It is just a beautiful website that I endorse 100 percent. It is Brave the Wild endorsed, and I appreciate them allowing me to post links to Brave the Wild as well. So it's been a wonderful partnership starting out here the last month month and change. Uh, just thank you so much, uh, Pavel 
Bune and Merrick Skybach. You've been great, and I just I love your website. It's everything I enjoy when it comes to hockey because it's all the above here. Um, I'm not a big high school guy, but uh, college hockey is definitely good enough for me. And of course, minor league, you know, keeping up uh, with the future here. And it's it's fun to know that there's a wave. If say the Nino Nita writers, Jason Zuckers are frustrating, disappointing. They're not living up to what they're going. They're supposed to be. You got Yul Eriksson Eck, and hopefully Alex Tuck and Luke Cunning for sure, and this and that. Maybe Capo uh, Kahanen can can emerge as well. Alessteska. You just never know. One of those guys may at least be a backup goalie and maybe a starter long term as Devin Dubnik gets older and his contract comes to an end in the next you know through the next three to five years here. So. There it is. Rock and roll. Alex Stalock will at least be the backup next year. So, yeah, please give uh, Brave the Wild a positive rating on iTunes if you could. I'd appreciate it oh so very much. Tell your friends about the show. Thanks again for listening. Again, I posted on Facebook, for those of you that know me, that I'm going to step away from podcasting a little bit because lawn cleanups are starting. I I do this every year, but I'm going to do the best I can to keep up with the postseason. Generally, I do a pretty good job keeping up with the Wild when they're in the playoffs, but I'll also, if they get eliminated, keep up with the postseason as best I can after that as well. But uh, particularly if the Wild, you know, as the Wild continue in the postseason, if they go on a nice run, I'm going to do the best I can to at least get the show out weekly. This show will be top priority because they're in the postseason. So uh, top priority for my other podcast, that's for damn sure. But uh, again, if there is a hiatus, it is because of lawn cleanups, the two-job thing. Uh, mowing lawns isn't as hard to keep up with the show, but cleanups, it's, it's just harder. It's more going on. So you're talking like most of the weekend and everything. So, and working in the mornings too, but, uh, there's always rainy days in that. So I can sneak the show in, in that time. So again, thank you again. God bless. And we'll be back very soon.